So, um, in Parshat Tzav, Leviticus 5, right at the beginning, uh, it says, the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Tavis Aaron, command Aaron and his bonov, his sons, Lema. Zos Torah This is the law regarding the sacrifice, the burnt offering. Then it repeats, He Ha'ola, that is the Ola, Al Mokta, Al and you see the little mem. So here he says, this is the law of the elevation offering, art scroll. It is the elevation offering that stays on the flame, on the altar, all night until the morning. And the fire of the altar should remain aflame on it. So al-mokta, right, he translates, on the flame. Al-amizbeach, on the altar. Kolalayla, araboke. And the fire of the altar should remain aflame on it. So, and this is going to be discussing the Trumas Hadeshen, um, and the Kohen has to sweep the ashes, etc. And it contains three references to fire on the altar. Two of them are in this verse, Al-Mokta, on the flame, and Eisham Izbeach, the fire of the altar. I mean, verse 5, it'll say, V'ho Eisham the fire on the altar. So this teaches, according to Chazal, that the fires were kept constantly. There would be a constant fire burning on the altar. And they were Ma'arocha Gedola, a large pyre upon which the offerings were burnt. And then there was a Ma'arocha Shnia Shel There was a second pyre from the incense from which burning coals were taken and brought into the sanctuary for the morning incense. And then there was a Ma'arocha Lekiyumayesh, and there was a pyre for the perpetuation of the fire from which burning wood was added to the large flame whenever necessary. It's a Gemara in Yuma 45. So the mitzvah is tukadbo. You should keep the keep it aflame. That's a positive commandment that the Kohanim have to put enough wood on the fire to keep it burning at all times and according to the Ramban uh, at night as well. Now, the Medrash is bothered by Ki Ha'ola. It's not, it's, it's a redundancy. You just got telling me this is the elevation offering, this is the burnt offering. So why are you identifying Ki Ha'ola, this is the Ola, Al-Mukta al and I'm going to present to you five different mishalim of a king, parables of the king, in which you will get a menu of responses that you have to really work hard to see what is going on here. That is, this is a fire offering. It represents um, something that's given entirely, meaning there are different offerings. Some, the Kohanim participate, the priests eat. Some, the Shlomim, the person brings and he eats. But the Ola, by definition, is something that is entirely consumed by the fire, which means that God is eating it, right? It's given, it's given to God. Um, so let's read the first one, Lamelech. What's, what's the reason for the redundancy of the word?
words, hi ha'ola, this is the elevation offering. So first he starts with a pun. Shehi me'ula. Me'ula means in modern Hebrew it's hey, that's really cool. Me'ula. Me'ula it's chaviva u'meshubachas. It is beloved. Mikol ha'korbonos. So the redundancy initially, the Bala Medrash tells us uh, in Medrash Yilam Denu, that it is the most beloved by the divine and the most praiseworthy from all the Korbanos. And now we're going to see five reasons. Each of them is explicated through this parable. Number one. Okay, there was a king who had a big party. And so his courtiers and his family and his friends all brought presents. And of course he received them. Now the king says to the first one that comes, Miata. So the first one says, Ariso Sir, I am your courtier. And he says, he wants each one to identify themselves. And all of them um, replied that they were his servants. They were his friends. They were his family. Meaning, when he asked them, who are you? What they were actually saying is, I'm identifying myself in relationship to you, my position in the realm. However, one of them came, he brings in his gift, so the king asks him, who are you? He doesn't respond who he is, or who he is in relationship to the king, or his position in the court. I, he responds, Lechabet et hamelech bossi. I came to honor the king. Who are you? He doesn't answer who he is. He answers why he came. The king is so impressed by that response, he said, his gift won't go away from my table. I want it to remind me. So, so his, his courtiers ask him, hey, king, why are you privileging his gift over everybody else's gift? So the king said to him, Everyone who brought a gift to me, they are chayavin. Of course they have to bring. It's protocol. You come to my simcha, you come to my party, you have to bring gifts. So they were, they were forced to by protocol, by convention, by a mitzvah. But this guy who didn't identify himself as a member of my court or my family or my friends, he just gave me a gift, a free will gift out of nothing with no reason, no rationale. He was not compelled to by protocol. This Doron, this gift is more beloved to me. So the king is impressed by what? 
He's impressed by a free gift that is not compelled by convention or by command. What's it? The implication is that God loves the free will offering. The Hanimshal. the free will offering? No. Oh, okay. No. Okay. So then. But the explication is. So imchata adam. So if a man sins, okay. So he's legislated maybe korban chatos. He has to bring a chatos offering, a sin offering. Im osham. If he committed a transgression, maybe korban osham. He has to bring a transgression offering. Why? Korbanot chova hema. That is what you have to do. You have to do it because that's the protocol. So you have to bring that particular offering. Because that is what the notion of atonement is. You bring the carbon for an atonement. Why is the oiler chaviva olai? Because it doesn't come to expiate any guilt. It doesn't come to fix an asham. It doesn't come to recompense. It's not obligatory on the person. It's something that the Kohanim do as a gift. That's why Chaviva alive. Now, go back to the mashal. What is so interesting about the mashal? That people don't realize, right? The people come to the party. He invites everyone to the party. The party is in the base Amikdosh, right? The party is we're going to have some steak and we're going to have a barbecue. That's the Olot and that's Shlamim and that is the Mizbeah, right? I'm inviting you. So people don't come with a gift? That's protocol. King's not, but the king isn't impressed by that. It's the guy who comes in and says, Who are you? I'm not one of your servants. I am not part of the retinue. Then why, what are you doing this? I came The punchline here is that the mashal is telling you that this Ola offering is just without being commanded to, even though it is a command. But by the repetition of the word hiha ola, the repetition of those two words, the Bala Medrash is being triggered into thinking that this ola is special from all other korbanot. And what is it in the first parable out of the five? It is I'm giving it not because I have to, not because I sinned, not because I was a poshaya, but because I come to honor the king. And that is more chaviv to the Almighty than anything else. Number two. Amar Rabbi Abba Bar Yudan, this comes straight out of an earlier Midrash in Vayikra Rabba. Remember the strata of Midrashim are not uniform. Bracious Rabba. The first 14 chapters of Shmos Rabba, Vayikra Rabba, and Shiashira Rabba, that is a very early Tanaitic Palestinian Midrashim. Others came on later. Some we lost, so we took from the Yalkut, which is medieval, and tapped it on. So it's a motley crew. But those three are very pure and, and very old. So this is Vayikra Rabba. It's a very ancient text. Amar Rabbi Bar Yudah, Rabbi Yudah Bar Simon, and you can see who the 
the rabbis are from the Gemara references who they are. Okay, we have a different scene now. A king is traveling and he's traveling through the desert. So a, a guy comes, he's a friend of the king, and he wants to give him a, a, a sandwiches or a, 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 a lunch bag or an overnight kit of food. So what does he give him? Okay, so he gives him a bag of uh, figs and uh, a casket of wine to carry on the camel. Very nice. Thank you. Omelo Amela. And the, the king is mortified. You call you consider this a, an overnight kit, a, ba- a bag of a bag of figs and a bit of wine in a, in a in a you know they used to have these like pouches made out of animal skin when they keep the wood. That's enough. That's his criticism. Doesn't befit my station in life. I'm a king. What are you just giving me? I'm traveling through the desert. That's all you could give me. So the so the the Evet says, my master, Lefisha Kibat It is appropriate for the place and time. Meaning we're in the desert. I don't have a jewel osco. I don't have a place to go to give you provisions. We're in the bloody desert. What do you expect? I did the best I could to honor you. But when you get home and you come back to your five-star palace, then you'll see how great I am and what a chef I am, a cordon bleu. That's the that's the that, that is the marshal. What is the what's the problem with the marshal? What does it tell you about the king? Guy brings him. Doesn't have a good chef at home. I don't know. No. Guy brings him wine and figs to cross the desert. He's in the desert. What do you want from me? And the king says, "Excuse me. Is that how you honor me?" That's like a Trump moment. Right, the narcissism of the king. You don't know where you are. It's called situational ethics, right? I'm in the desert. Okay, you're a king, but I, what? I don't have. I don't have. What do I have? I don't have much, right? There's one water station oasis. The only thing they've got is water. Okay, I found a few figs, and I got you some figs, and I got you some wine. We're in the middle of the Nevada desert, and there's this tiny little old gas station. He doesn't have all the stuff. He gets stopped every month. I gave you what I could give you. Why would the king even think to question him? And then the, the guy says, you know, when we get home, king, when we get home I'll have all the material I need I'll have all the provisions I need then you'll say okay now let's see what the Nimshal does Kach Omar Kodesh Yisrael Zois look at the look how he's rephrasing it he's no longer saying tell Moses to tell Aaron this is the law of the of the Olam he's now rephrasing it in a question mark Zois Torah Zoyla that's all you're giving me? 
<laughs> it's a complaint. We've turned the whole posuk round from a statement of judicial intent to a complaint by the king of kings saying, that's all you can rustle up for me? Below Yoter. And now the Bala Nimshal makes this into a post-exilic statement. Remember, this is written after the Khurban. So what does he say? meaning we're in the desert meaning we're in Golas now we're not there he wasn't there he's reading the text like from now after the Khurban that's all you can rustle up we're in the desert we're in Golas that's what we can do Lord we can come to Shul and we can daven we don't have Korbonas from Psalm 51 with your pleasure we will build Zion in Jerusalem oh meaning you'll return back to your palace king meaning the Beis Amikdosh king meaning then you will be pleased with the Zivchei Tzedek the the um the sacrifices of righteousness Tzedek Ola get it? he's punning on the word Ola the Posuk there says right in the future we will bring you in the third in the third base Amikdash this is a healing text the Balamejus is sitting like here he's reading this text for what happened in the old days in Pashas Vayikra and the Korbonos and the Mishkan and the Bayis Rishon Bayisheni and he's going why the repetition of he ha Oh, it's a complaint. Zois Torah Ola, that's all you can rustle up for me? No, he ha that'll be the Ola when you get back to the third base of But in it is a kind of protest. Do you see the protest in the Moshal? What kind of a kin, king in the desert would ask such a demand? Meaning, what are you wanting from us in, in Golas? We're in Golas. Desert is Golas in the Nimshal. What? what do you want from us? We've been pilloried, we've been pillaged, we've been exiled, we go from nation to nation, and you're still wanting oilers? Ah, in the future, the servant says when we get back. That's Marshal number two. Let's go to the next one, Dova Acher. This is also brought down in Psikta, so it's a later Medrash. Rabbi Abba Kahana, Rabbi Hanan. Shneem Omru B'Shem Rabbi Azariah Tekfar Kitaya. So it's a parable. So a king had two cordon bleu chefs. And they had to, their job was to slaughter the choices of the animals for the feast of the king. So the first one comes and makes him a, a, a makes him a, a a beautiful dish, you know, like a, a shallot steak, peppercorn steak. What's your favorite shallot? 
So the king came and had from the first tabach. And he guaranteed it. He said, you know, this is comes from the best, the finest. And I cooked it in wine and in a reduction with peppercorns. Also, Asheni Tavshol. So then the second cook came. The same thing happened. He told him. Now the narrator says the following. We don't know which of them got a better review. We just don't know. Uh, which one did the king like better? Did he like the steak, the beef Wellington steak from Argentina, or did he like the peppercorn steak from Shalots? Elo. We can only tell the narrator is talking. There's no talking here. This, there's no speech between the king and the tabach. We're looking on as the courtiers. We're looking on as the intelligent public. The omniscient narrator is telling us, the reader. Now, would you like to know which one he preferred? When he says to one of them, Hey, do you remember the peppercorn steak you made? Can you redo that? Can you do that again for me? Ah, That's the only way we know that he preferred that dish. There's no, there's no dialogue here. Everything is silent. We're looking in from the outside. The first dish, he goes to Charlotte's. The second, he goes to, what's the name? Archivita. Evita. And we don't know which he's going to go to. The fact that he goes back to Evita tells us that he preferred the Argentinian steak. Preferred. That's the marshal. There's no criticism here. It's pure and simple. The taste of the king. The nimshal. Now watch what he does in the nimshal. Betchila hikriv noach korban. The first time we have a sacrifice in the Torah, it was brought by Noach. But say so when he came out of the ark. And how do we know that he got a good star? Because it says, and the Lord smelled the pleasing odor. From that we knew he got a temple. Okay, very nice. You made a sacrifice. God smelled it. Yep, he gave him a he gave him a travel travel guide, travel lodge, travel. Gave him five stars on the Michelin Michelin guide. <laughs> Now the second guy comes. He krivu Yisrael kavonos l'Hashem b'matan Torah k'moshenem avayivin misbech tachas ahor vayalu olus vayizbuk shlovim. Right, and they all sat down and had a barbecue at Har Sinai. And it was accepted by the Rabboni Shalolim. And now the narrator says, We don't know which one he preferred. Well, from the Moshul, we know what he's going to prefer because what's he going to do? From the Moshul, what's he going to do? He's going to ask for more. Oh, he's going to ask for more. Ela b'ma shehu metzave es Yisrael va'omer lehem es korbadi lachmili shai reach nichochi. Remember, by Noach it says by your reach reach nichoch. Tishmu lahakriv li b'moide. I want you to bring me periodically the same menu that you made for me at Har Sinai. That comes from Numbers 28. Look how far he has to reach a posuk to bring it to bear on this posuk. 
How far he had to go stretching to Bamidbar to bring that posuk into his moshal to make it work. On the Yodim Shashel Yisrael who Arif Biyoter. And that is Vahi Ha'ola Ha'areva Olof Biyoter. Therefore, He Ha'ola, the redundance of the word He Ha'ola, is referring to the fact that that's the one, that's the menu, that's the restaurant he goes to. It's the one that came from Har Sinai. How do I know? Because it says, Es Korbani Lachmili Shai from Posseh. The fourth one. Rabbi Avin Oma, Moshe Lomar Dovedom, Lamela Shahoyo Musav Al Akoviton. A Melech was lying on his palaquin. So two dishes were brought to him. We're not talking about the tabach now. We're not talking about anything. We're looking inside. So this is a kind of trope on this previous one. It comes right after. You brought him two delicacies. He's lying reclined on his palaquin, and one brings in his uh, plate, and and maybe the same servant brings him another plate. Right? After the second one comes in, it's got some gravy on it. And the, the, he takes the pizza bread and he starts wiping the plate clean from the gravy. He just, he is so enamored with the second dish, he's wiping the plate. That's how we know as observers that that second dish was was tastier to him. Oh. The fattened olos I bring to you at Psalm 66. It's a pun. Mechim means the fatlings, but it's a pun on the word mechim, which could also mean kinuach, wiping. I don't know. I don't know. Because he wants the whole thing burnt on the Mizbeach, then it's he ha'ola. That's the one I like best. Why? Because the king is wiping the plate. That's how I know which of the carbonos are the most tasty to him. He wants the whole thing. He's sweeping the plate completely. Okay. Now the final one. Marshal number five. He gets to an oasis, a pundak, a motel, and he eats and he drinks there. But he doesn't sleep there. But when he gets to the second place, oh, the lonsham. He sits there, eats there. Right. So he first goes to motel six. Yeah, it's okay, you know, he has his pancakes, but then he's off. Then he comes to a holiday inn, and then he eats, and he sits there, and he looks, and, you know, it's a very nice place, and he sleeps there. So from that we know, what does the king prefer? He's in the desert. Which motel does he prefer? Well, clearly, he prefers the one in which he sleeps overnight. What's the nimshal? Lomahu masneshu kofilala. Why did we repeat he ha'oila? Why is the repetition? The Torah never repeats words. You said, right? It's ha'oila amutzoyz Torah ha'oila. He ha'oila. So he's identifying out of all the korbanos, which is which is the choicest, which is the best hotel, 
right? From that we learn the fact that he identifies that korban as he ha'oila, that that is the place he stayed overnight. Meaning, it has to be tukat al mokta kol halayla. Do you see kol halayla? He's making that. Okay, other korbanis you can give to me. I'll have it, and I'm going. I'm having. I'm going. But that is kol halayla. The king stays overnight. I want it overnight. Why? It's the choices to me. So from these five mashalim, you get a taste of how Chazal are struggling post-churban. Post-churban. How are we dealing, A, with the exegetical trigger of what triggered the Midrash? What triggered this to make me feel that this is a redundancy? Living in a post-Holocaust, post-churban, right? And what are we doing? This whole safe of Ayikra with all these carbonus, they don't apply to us. We're stuck in Golas. We're in the Midbar. All we can give him are tasty delights, but we can give to Ainim, we give a bit of wine, a bit of this, a bit of that. We can't give him what we used to give him, right? Therefore, these are healing texts. They're healing because the Balamedrish says, in the name, we're talking in the name of the servant. Don't you worry. When you make us the third base semitic, we're going to give you beautiful, beautiful meal, right? Right now, all we can give you is a fig here and a glass of wine here. What do you expect from us? We're in the desert. It's such a beautiful, evocative healing text for those who are looking at the hoary past as to, oh, look at the sacrificial cult. Look how we used to fet the king and give him a divine feast. And look at us now in the poverty of the galut of exile.